Hi. What are you up to? What have you done today? What did you spend your day thinking about? Who did you look at? What did you eat? Do you feel well rested? Do you feel warm? Do you feel thought of or thoughtful or loved? I'm feeling really thankful right now. And that's because I have everything that I could ever need in this moment. And I'm so grateful that I can sit in this cozy chair and look around at a room that has paintings on its walls, paintings that I painted, paintings that my friends painted. Um, I'm thankful for the colors and, and the fact that I can look at images that my friends have painted and not know what it would take to make something like that. And I'm so grateful to have my own ideas, to get to experience others' ideas, and to get to be able to sit and talk about it right now with that reflective nature in mind. Because the connection and the expression and the creation and the comfort and the community I'm learning more and more each day are the only things that uh, keep the train on its tracks, really. The most important things, just expression or creation. And then, and then sharing, sharing, discussing, looking at, feeling. It's just the feeling that what you feel is what others have felt. What I am feeling, others have felt too. The want to talk is met equally. Um, yeah. I'm looking at this one painting right now that's above my desk that I did back in the summer. And it's got forest greens, black, white, and this sort of darker than terracotta, darker than clay, but like a like a Sierra Brown crayon. I used to melt crayons in my mom's car. I don't remember who, if someone told me to do it, <laughs> but I would make it a, it would go on the to-do list and I would take my crayons, walk outside, get into my mom's or my dad's car, and I'd put crayons on the back, the back dash, and uh, I would leave. I'd go play or do whatever it is that I did, and then I just remember when I'd get in the car next, or if I remembered to return to it, which I usually didn't, I would just look at it and say, "Man, that is so far out. Look at that!" And the colors would be together, and uh, yeah, man, that's where I'm living. I'm trying to look for the melted crayons and 
I'm trying to serve as a reminder to myself and others that it is all just a bunch of melted crayons. And you catch glimpses of it. Um, this conversation that will play after I'm done talking is an example of a melted crayon conversation with my friend Andy, who did the cinematography for Pen15. Andy and I, uh, you know, you if you if you talk to people, um, no matter who it is, if when you talk to someone you you remain open, you find out that uh, you were headed towards each other, you know, the whole time, and it's a really far out feeling. You're like, oh, here we are, and that's and that is okay. I'm looking around and I don't need anything. I don't want anything. I don't need to throw much in here. I'm really appreciating uh, what it means to just be with another thinking, talking, fearful, excited, optimistic consciousness. I loved talking to Andy. I hope, Andy, if you're listening to this, you're feeling really good right now that you're feeling calm and I hope that for anybody who listens to this please watch Pen15 it is a incredibly meditative and hilarious and thoughtful and intimate show that is saying many things about aging that I haven't seen portrayed in media as beautifully as this before everything's got its own flavor everything's got its own precision and love and so I'll be publishing this episode alone with Andy. And uh, soon after, I'll be publishing my episodes with Grace and Melissa, who also worked on the show. But Andy and I's chat, uh, you know, it did its thing. It became a little bit chatless. My dog Lily just entered the room. So I hope you enjoyed as much as I did. I hope that you uh, use this as a moment to reflect on how you spent your day and how you spend your time and who you talk to and how you talk to them. Love, love, love. sound good now and we are recording so everything you say from here on out is uh oh boy. usable <laughs> <laughs> all right good i appreciate the warning so how's your day been man what'd you do today uh well so today knowing that we were gonna chat i wanted to make sure it'd be kind of mellow uh, uh or at least not exhaust myself so i was, <laughs> i watched a little football to start the day oh my my uh I'm from New England, so you know everybody's favorite team, the New England Patriots, is my team. Uh, and, and so they are not good anymore. Oh man! Yeah, so it's been. I've always wondered what it would look like when we finally weren't dominating, and uh, <laughs> it's um, you know, it's it's not. I will say, I mean, it's been spoiled for 20 years, so <laughs> it doesn't hurt as much as I thought it would. It's like, oh, this is reasonable. We were, we 
were great for 20 years. We were in the Super Bowl every other year. So. <laughs> I was going to say you had a nice little period there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Nobody's nobody's shedding any tears for the Patriots <laughs> fans, that's for sure. <laughs> is is uh, football a, a go-to for you to chill out? Uh, I mean, it, honestly, it's more about habit at this point with Sundays. I, I'm uh I'm a diehard Celtics fan. Mm-hmm. That's like my, I really, I, I love, basketball is one of the great loves of my life. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I used to, I haven't played in years and years and years, but I, I loved playing basketball. One, Like really, truly, I put it up there with filmmaking and like wow. hiking. It's just one of the things that I've loved uh, deeply. <laughs> But it just at some point my body, my body <laughs> couldn't couldn't keep up. So at some point it got kind of put aside. But it's yeah. I, I mean, but I do love. I I, I really enjoy. I don't know. I kind of I think of sports a lot when I think about filmmaking. Uh-huh. I really am thankful that uh, I had a little bit of sports in my life because it's you know it's a team game. Mm. You're relying on other the people around you. There's a lot of ego that you need to navigate and you know your your own ego and uh, you know it's 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 and you know everybody's skill level and interest varies and how much work and all so i i don't know i there are a few folks who i work with who um you know grew up with sports and we always talk about it how it, it seems like film and theater and painting and all that any any art feels so separate from sports but i i don't find that to be true i find mm. them to be totally relatable to, to each other and i think one helps the other so and i i don't know i, I for me i think it's a a wonderful little little pairing yeah i definitely can relate to like when you're on a team there's this really unspoken thing that you're all working towards a collective goal together and you don't like like you said your ego sort of you just got to let it dissolve and you turn into more of a super organism kind of thing where you're you're all working together different limbs of the same thing so i definitely see that i definitely see that yeah yeah i think it's i think it's cool i think it's a i mean it's a lovely it's like the the sum of the parts you know yeah it's lovely. I don't know. Where Where are you at? I meant because I I was listening to I think your most recent pod, and <laughs> you were saying you were in Michigan. Is that yeah, that's that's from? correct. That's where I'm from. That's where I am. That is where I am. I, uh, Greetings. I don't know <laughs> if you're aware of this, or or if people in Michigan are aware of this, but uh, the Upper Peninsula of of Michigan is one of the uh, supposedly one of the safest places moving forward when it comes to climate change. So wow. A lot of people are supposedly going to start migrating to Michigan over the next uh, decade or so. I, I mean, I kind of knew about that considering there's a, a dark sky park up there that I've been to, which is like almost oh, cool. void of light pollution and um, but I didn't know that we were like considered to be up there as one of the top dogs, so that's cool to hear. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I I think it's specifically the Upper Peninsula. Mm-hmm. I don't remember exactly why, but yeah. It's yeah, just so it's dead up there, start. man. I I every once in a while eyeball. Not that I'm going to be doing this any 
because we have this uh, I eyeball property in like Minnesota, wow. Upper Peninsula of Michigan, and in Maine. Those are those mm. are a few of the spots that are supposedly going to do do well in our <laughs> continuing apocalypse that we go through. <laughs> Yeah, man, the UP is a really quiet and beautiful place. It's It seems like we kind of, we scored lucky by counting the UP as our state, for sure. Like, I was, um, I was actually, back in March, right before things really shut down, I was on a trip, I was in a little cabin with my friend, and we were up north, and this was like right when, um... Like, gatherings started to get chilled out, schools were closing, that whole thing. Like, it was it was becoming more apparent that this was, like, a situation. But we were up north, and nobody was really, like, like, everybody was kind of chilling. <laughs> like, it was it was spread out, it was quiet, it, it was just, it was a totally different energy than what was going on downstairs. And then when we came back, it was, like, people were up in arms, papers flying, fires in the printer you know that kind of thing <laughs> right yeah yeah i mean i guess that's one of the one of the reasons that some of us like to escape to nature it's, there's like a a grounding element no matter what's happening in the world yeah man I, I went to west virginia um earlier this month by myself to this little tiny house and just for perspective also it took me like eight hours to get to west virginia and if you go to like porcupine mountain which is near the tip of the up that's like 10 and a half hours away from like the no- the northern part of the state so like it's like far <laughs> like it's it's no joke how far away some of the up is yeah but yeah when i went out yeah, there I, didn't realize it was that far. I had no service there was no like there was no pollution at all i saw the milky way when i arrived which i'd never seen before and it's just when you're not on your phone and you don't feel that like connection it's interesting. And I also went, I went uh, election weekend. That's interesting. I've had, I've had two nature trips this year where the first one was like, like when I went up north, when I mentioned back in March, that was right before everything shut down. And I wasn't on my phone for about two days. So I came back to like news of everything being shut down. And then when I went to West Virginia, it was still like, there were still many states counting votes and things like that and i was i was off my phone again and i came back to like again what felt like a new world it's it's crazy what being alone like that will do yeah i i'm a big it's one of the reasons that i love to camp nowadays which obviously when i was younger that wasn't that just wasn't a factor but now one of the big i just went camping last week and one of the reasons is to force myself to be somewhere without service because I can't be trusted to <laughs> turn my own phone off, you know? And I'm, I'm, we're all kind of, to varying degrees, addicted to this thing, which, you know, is, I mean, it's pretty poisonous, seemingly. Yeah, the you don't. The more we learn about it, the worse we realize it is. And so it was, yeah, the same thing. Like, I was off last week middle of the desert miles and miles away from any humans and i kept like i would reach for my phone even though i had no service i kept finding myself reaching for it just out of habit and i was like oh 
Like, yeah, I what the hell is that I about, am. man? Like, what is that about? Oh, it's, it's so bad. It's really, like, it's really scary. And I, you know, look, I'm a, I'm in my 40s now, so mm-hmm. I grew up without it. But I yeah. think about, like, if you're, if you're, I don't know how, how old are you? I'm 21. I'm 21. Oh, yeah, okay. So, so yeah. Yeah, I'm right. Yeah. I'm right there, man. I watch I watch some scary shit happen with my peers for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's, that's really But it's just I mean, I it's definitely at the point where I think we're starting to get perspective of it, but it's just phony is I mean, funny word to choose there, but <laughs> like it's just and once you get past that hurdle, there's actually kind of a really beautiful awakening process that happens where you recognize that you know this stuff they're they're fake hits of dopamine they're fake reaching outs to places but then also i think the pandemic has put it in another really interesting perspective where like without our phones there are many people who i wouldn't have spoken to right now for almost over a year you know and so it's it's in one way allowed me to recognize how much time because when i was in like lockdown lockdown which was probably a good month and a half where i didn't leave at all like whatsoever my home i had to really make some decisions with like okay how am i going to spend my time am i going to wake up and be on my phone for an hour doing what being on reddit or whatever it is you know or am i just going to yeah. recognize how much that's actually yeah that's that's the good news is that most of it's just your brain tricking you into thinking you need to use it (laughs) and then once you once you see that it's like okay like i'm sure when you went out to the desert like even you know even when you were reaching for it you find out i don't really need this thing you know it's 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 really good to not be distracted like i can just sit here and look at the wall (laughs) or the floor or whatever and that's enough you know so yeah yeah it's funny one of the things that i find it's it's bizarrely satisfying uh, is when i'm and it's mostly when i'm camping but sometimes it's like you know it's the same thing if i'm renting you know if i rent an airbnb or i'm staying with a friend who lives on the ocean or you know if there's any if there's any powerful nature nearby i'll sometimes notice myself just sitting quietly like maybe i'm drinking some coffee or something yeah and and that's it like i'm not and i'm just thinking or spacing out and i do that so little at home like in my own life and it's because the times that i would do that i'm picking up my phone and i'm doing whatever i'm doing with (laughs) my phone and i yeah it it freaks me out i i i I like hearing that you've got some hope that, (laughs) that there's like a real but I, I I can't say that I have the same hope, but I do. I, I am hopeful that you're right and that people will realize, like, oh, that it's I mean, the waste that it. It's that it's it a is. part of the. It's a part of the. Once you start to go through the process of you know, understanding what it is you want to spend your time doing, and you mentioned the ego earlier you find out that your phone is your phone is just a utensil for your ego that's really all it is it's your ego's outlet for i have to search this i need to know this i want to buy this i need to get an update on this i need i need i need i want i want i want and like that stuff's fine if you can not be attached to it and if you can play with it and if you can stop and sit like you said 
you find yourself doing like because that's where the truth is that's where that's the truth of life that's the that's the heart of the matter that's when you find out that things are really not as calamitous as they appear to be is the fact that a human can just sit it's like oh so this is what goes on when i'm not going all the time <laughs> and so if you have that right. knowledge i've found that you know then you can then you can see even even if you get caught grabbing your phone or something you can see it not as something like oh man i need to stop doing that but you can just see it as like you playing and you're like oh okay i see i'm going for my phone again i get it i get it but i know deep down that it's just another you know it's just another extension of my busy busy mind i so yeah off of that do you meditate yeah. ever uh yeah yeah i have a pretty good meditation practice uh i mean it's short i will say i feel like it's, it's important for me to, to mention like i meditate, <laughs> i used to do 20 minutes and now it's just 10 uh-huh. uh, which is depressing but i do it basically <laughs> no. every day it's not um, depressing <laughs> It it all it all matters what you uh what you get done in that time really you know yeah for sure and I will say you know meditation came to me I you know I've been hearing it's been recommended to me and every it, it's one of the things I listen to a fair amount of podcasts uh-huh. and one of the main through lines no matter who they're talking to anybody successful in any field one of the only through lines seems to be meditation uh, like 95 percent of yeah, people man. Are successful in their field talk a lot about meditation it's not a so coincidence can, yeah like it which is amazing i mean what because it's it's probably out of all the healthy things you can do for yourself it is at least on its surface the easiest it just requires you to sit well you know, it's the it's the quickest way that you can a slow your mind down b stop thinking and see which is the most important thing any living being can do is be present because in the present there is no anxiety there is no depression there is no what's going to happen tomorrow or should i have done that yesterday what should i be doing right now instead of this if you really get into the meditative state you don't have any questions you don't have any fears you're just present and completely content with that fact. And the more that you do that, the more you can do it in, you know, what many Indian or um, many Eastern philosophies show that meditation is much more than just sitting. You can be meditative all of the time, whether it's when you're on a phone call like we are right now, whether it's when you're eating. If you're always in that place where you're calm, then you can just... You know, you can go through all of your little silly human games, bada, bada, bada. But if you have that calm inside of you, that meditative state going on all the time, then there's not much that can really, there's nothing that can like knock you down. You know, you're just ready for anything that comes because you're saying, I accept the present for exactly what it is, whether it's good, bad, or whatever other word you want to use. So it's, 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 yeah, it's the, it's the quickest I mean, I, I've said it probably to every person in my life. Anytime somebody says they have problems of any kind, you know, it's always beautiful and important to listen and give people a space to think, but it's always, well, do you meditate? <laughs> because I can guarantee you that if you really meditate, all that stuff's just going to 
you know, it's going to heal and it's going to go away because you're going to realize that if you can just sit, <laughs> you got it. Right. <laughs> like, and it's tough. It's not easy because if you've never meditated before and you sit down to meditate, your brain is just going to light up. You know, it's going to say, oh my gosh, I'm this, I'm this, I'm this. I have to do this. I have to do that. I, oh, why am I doing this? I shouldn't even be sitting here, you know, and and that's just yeah. all yeah, that's... It's, it's, um... I think because I, I totally agree with you. Anybody who I talk to, who because I've dealt with anxiety problems my whole life. Yeah, I, it's just a, a thing that I've always had, and uh, and meditation has been of all the various things I've tried, nothing compares to well, maybe exercise. Yeah, there, but but meditation and exercise are the two mm-hmm. biggest things. And but I will say, like, it's fascinating to me one how resistant people are to it and how but but to be fair how resistant i was for years (laughs) like i just i knew it was good for me i knew it didn't take much time out of my day and yet i wasn't doing it and when i finally did it it was because i was uh desperate the the thing that finally got me to dedicate was i was on a i was on a shoot that was so stressful Mm -hmm. that i felt like i was uh, gonna have a nervous breakdown. Like mm-hmm. I was having a really tough time, and the director meditated every day at lunch. And so I just, out of pure desperation, started to follow his lead and I yeah. started meditating. And he actually gave me the best advice for me personally. That that really, I turned a corner with it. Is he? Because I kept, you know, I mean, you know, if you sit and meditate, you have sessions where you're really like your brain is racing the whole time you mm-hmm. don't really feel like you've done a quote-unquote good job at meditating and he told me there's no such thing as a bad session as long yes. as you sit and breathe yes like that's okay and it took the pressure off of me because i kept feeling like oh my brain's racing the whole time and he's like that's fine it doesn't matter it's just sit and breathe right it really yeah took the pressure off and i i mean it changed my life that one comment really changed my life well, yeah, man, that's what you learn is because when you meditate, what happens is your ego starts to fade out and you're not so much stuck in being Andy or I'm not so much stuck in being Keaton and I have all these problems and all these things. You just start to watch. That's all you're doing is you're just watching. You're watching all of your thoughts. You're watching your breath. You're watching the environment you're in. You're watching everything around you and you're not watching with any sort of opinion. You're not watching thinking, oh, that's stressful or, or that's good or bad because there's just a, a general deep awareness that permeates every being that you can link up to. And when you link up to it, you recognize, oh, I'm just watching. And that's what's so funny about meditation is that the point of meditation is that there is no point to it. It's the one activity that you do where if you're doing meditation with a goal in mind, if you're doing meditation because you think it's going to make you better or whatever it is, that could be good, but you're still, <laughs> you know, you're still working in the framework of a busy mind or, you know, the rational thinking mind, whatever it is you want to call it. And it's only when you don't yeah. want anything from it, when you don't need anything that you really are just, oh, I'm sitting here. Oh, I'm here. Because you're always here. You're always right here. And that's that's the only time problems arise is when you fail to see that the present moment is exactly what it is because you know i've got this going on or this stressed me out today that kind of thing 
So, and yeah, I, I recently, um, I'd say it's, it's been within the past year or so that I've really gotten into the study of meditation and sort of different modes of consciousness and healing and that sort of thing. And what's funny is after an initial awakening, you could call it, where I kind of had this ego dissolution um, or another phrase that could be compatible, for many, many months it was clear and it was humorous and I was operating really smoothly no matter what came my way. But then, and what many people warn of is my my ego got ca- caught of that, and it started thinking like, okay, I need to meditate like this every day in order to be calm. I need to listen to this music in order to feel this way. I need to, <laughs> you know what I mean? And and then you start to get, and then the righteousness comes back, and then your ego comes back, and you're stuck right back in your personhood of now I'm key in doing these things in order to be okay and it's just another trick and then so I had another really profound experience of meditation where I just kept hearing you know like don't take this so seriously you're you're doing the thing that you that you fixed initially you you got rid you got rid of the ego thing and you were just present and then it caught on to that and was like look how look how calm you are <laughs> look how clear you are look how okay you are and then when you start to do that then you're like wait so if i'm not doing this does that mean i'm not clear does that mean i'm not calm and again that's all just a a big illusion of the of our our good friend the ego (laughs) yeah it's 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 amazing how much and you know i i think for me it's been just the last two three years where i've really become uh conscious of of the dangers of, of the ego. Like, I, I, it's pretty recent that, I mean, I'm, I was always aware to whatever degree, but very uh-huh. passively. But now I think about my ego a lot and how so many of my issues are just pure ego. <laughs> yeah. It's a fascinating yeah, thing because it's shockingly difficult to let go. It's really it's scary. It's fascinating. It's scary because you're like, wait, that's who I am. I am all of my neuroses and my envy right. and my insecurities. That's who I am. And and what, like we said, when people are resistant to meditation, that's why because they're afraid. Even though it's the very thing that's making their lives difficult, it's really, really scary to take that leap and recognize that it is really okay. You really aren't all of those long list of issues that you tell yourself every day like you're not fighting an uphill battle you're not trying to get back to anywhere you're not trying to get to anywhere you are always (laughs) you're always right where you are you know and the ego is just awesome at telling you otherwise and that's why people don't want to meditate is because they're scared because as soon as they sit down their ego goes you don't need to do this no 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 no. get up get up (laughs) like stop 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 (laughs) because there's there's a phrase that i think of often and it's enlightenment is the ego's worst enemy because the ego doesn't want it to be silent and calm and patient and okay it doesn't like that it likes it likes you to get stuck in thought loops of oh my gosh what did i say to that person the other day did they think of me this way well what does that mean for our relationship blah 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 blah. because when you think like that then the ego is like sweet we're gonna keep feeding but if you just let the thoughts roll away the ego is like damn got me i guess (laughs) you saw it through me you know, it's funny, I've, I've heard, because people talk about that, like the disillusionment of ego and 
you know, I love reading about, there's all this new science about psychedelics, and, and I love, it's fascinating, like all this, so, and so connected to that, exactly what you're saying about egos, I've heard people discuss creativity in the same way, that ego is one of the big, like writer's block, for instance, mm-hmm. that they're like, well, really, it's, it's ego that there's like this resistance to creativity because there's ego trying to from failure yeah like imagined concept and how and it's a funny thing to and it, and it helped me sort of deal with it by, by just being able to wrap my head around it. it's like it made it ego three-dimensional to think about it as a creature that doesn't want to be ignored mm-hmm. it's, not, it's like a cornered animal that was like okay if you start letting thoughts just move past <laughs> and you're not letting me do my thing yeah i'm gonna start getting desperate It's all it's all humorous. That's that's what it comes down to. That's the big cosmic joke that Buddhism speak of, that Hinduism speaks of. That's why the psychedelic experience is as revered as it was and why the 60s happened the way it does is unfortunately for the ego, you just see that that's not who you are. That's the that's the deepest realest lesson you can learn. And it's that's what ego dissolution is is when for once you don't recognize yourself as my name, like Keaton. Like you get to the point where you see beyond that. You see I'm not that. And then your ego is just, it's another another quote that I think of. Um, the ego is a, a beautiful servant and a terrible master. So, so when you know what the ego is, when you recognize that it's not you, you're not trapped in this in this ego it's it you can it's really useful like the the fact that you and I are talking right now you know i i had to message you and say that i'm a podcaster or whatever and i've talked to these people and you have your position in film and i do this and you do that and but then when we're talking we're just right here you know none of that stuff is really that important we're just two two bits of the same fabric just sharing a moment and and that's that's what it comes down to and we're the reason is we're taught from from birth our individuality we're told over and over and over again you know this is what makes you unique this is what makes you separate from other people we're we're 
we're told to love our ego as the truth, really. We're told to embrace it and to feel it. And especially in America, you know, like individualism is like top dog, you know, like be, be different, you know, be whatever, whatever, whatever. And that, that stuff just doesn't, that doesn't get down to the root of it, you know? And that's what, that's what the great philosophies think of is there is, there is no self. There is one self. It You can call it God. You can call it, you can call it whatever it is that you want to, you know, but there's one cosmic fabric that's making all of this go around and you're a part of it and that's the vibe <laughs> and you can hook up to it, whether it's through psychedelics, whether it's through meditation, whether it's through exercise, they're all going towards the same path, you know, whether it's religious practice in church, no matter what it is, it's all working towards the same thing of, you know, getting out of this clunky old pretty useless model that where where these individual people stuck in these places and we're bumping into each other and we're like oh sorry 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 like that's not the truth of the matter that's not have, have you ever read the egg by andy weir no i'll i'll send you a link to it it's a story about um basically this person dies and they meet god and god tells them the situation but yeah i don't want to spoil it for you but it'll it it does a really beautiful job of articulating what I believe to be um, the truth of the matter. But yeah, man, it, it's really it's really much simpler than we make it out to be for ourselves. And that and that's when you get to the point where it's just funny. Like anytime your ego, if you get angry, like if I stub my toe and I'm like, oh shit, that's just funny because that's just me being, you know, that's just me getting caught up and being goofy. Like it's okay, my toe's gonna be fine. Like. And so you right. ju- you just learn to laugh at it, and if you can laugh at it and not take it seriously, there's really nothing that can come your way, you know. Even if it's really awful things, like look at all of the death that's surrounding us, and look at all of the really harsh rhetoric that's surrounding us. Like that's heavy energy, but again, you just have to look at it as well, you know. It's it's often just a lack of love and an emphasis on ego, and that's that's how I deal with um, Donald Trump. Not sure how you feel about the fella, but. Anytime his his hubris, you know, makes an appearance, it's it's all too often that even people who don't like him are just as guilty of doing what he does, you know, make making themselves divisive and saying, "Well, this guy is a shithead" or whatever it is, you know. But but it's just his ego. He's just like the ultimate. <laughs> he's the ultimate example of when an ego is just unabashed, full ten you know not stop just on play mode and it's and it's just funny yeah it's just funny yeah it, you know it, it's funny because like I, everything you're saying i almost it's like i understand it academically like intellectually i see it and i and i can agree yeah but i still i'm not in a place where i mean on my better days i feel like i'm able to let things and and it's purely through meditation yeah. I've noticed how it, it, it makes me less reactive. Mm-hmm. Where I can, which is one. I mean, it's a miracle. But in general, it's. I find it so difficult to actually uh, put that all into practice. Which mm. you know, I mean, that's why. That's why I meditate more. That's why I, you know I try to. <laughs> conscious reading helps, and having yeah. conversations like this. You know, like it's. This stuff's all important because it is what you're saying is lovely but 
it's so difficult to put into practice, at least for me. Yeah, I man. I would, I would venture to say most people. Every, everybody's on their own everybody's on their own part of the journey, you know, and you come across people at different points and, but the message that you need to hear, you'll, you'll always be in the right spot when you hear it, you know, like when you start to, when your perspective starts to change, like that, that director who changed your mind, you know, when you're ready for the next part, you're ready for it, you know, and I, I hope hope that's true. I think it's interesting that um, you mentioned psychedelic drugs. Do you have any experience with those at all? I, but it's been a while. Uh-huh. Uh, I, when I was, like, I would say, uh, well, like, a, a little over a decade ago, mm-hmm. maybe, man, geez, even in my, somewhere <laughs> around 30, some, somewhere around 30 years old, yeah. I started to read about it in a real way, and then I started experimenting, and I was very, I was kind of rigorous about it. It was never, like, a social thing. I was really trying to explore. Yeah. I mean consciousness, I suppose, uh-huh. and uh, and I had a, a nice relationship with him for a little while, and then uh, and then I kind of fell off. I had I didn't have like a bad experience. I just had a trip that was like a little bit I don't know threatened to go sideways, but truth but didn't. And, but ever since then, I've been nervous to reapproach. Wow! I it's something that during this pandemic, I've been just you know diving back into reading and it's also just the last really the last two three years the the studies that are coming out unbelievable they really are i mean it's really it's so funny i think about like i i alcohol and i have had a pretty you know strong relationship yeah several couple of decades and and then you know marijuana i was resistant to and then i kind of and it's so funny how alcohol is the most accepted. Psychedelics <laughs> were like the least accepted. Yeah. And now, as we are more conscious, of, uh, like in a literal way conscious, like con- like we know, we have facts now. Yeah. And we're like, oh, alcohol is easily the worst <laughs> out of these items. And yeah. psychedelics, it looks like, are the best. Psychedelics are it's used just... to heal alcoholism better than any other <laughs> yeah, totally. form of healing. Yeah. Our government has our hand in it. Culture has its hand in it. And, but it, 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 it's it's funny that I'm still resistant. I'm still ner- I feel nervous <laughs> about reapproaching psychedelics. Uh, That's funny, man. But I'm not exactly sure why. It might be like we were talking about. It might be ego. It That's all it is. My ego realizes. Yeah. That's all it is, man. It's it's become more and more abundantly clear to me that. First of all, I don't believe in anything such as a bad trip. I I believe in what I have referred to or have found it being referred to as a challenging trip because bad trip bad trips are what happen when the things that are making your life difficult or toxic or your behaviors are shown to you and you don't have a means of facing it or you don't have a means of solving it. And I also firmly believe that it has to do like, like I'm so glad that um, psychedelics are being studied in a, a therapeutic way because I, like you said, um, using them in a serious context or like 
like understanding them like in a respectful manner that like mushrooms have been around for thousands of years you know like these these substances have have been used since long before modern culture in amazing ways like ayahuasca in peru like these much deeper amazing amazingly historied ways that we can't even begin to understand and when people just take them not thinking about it not knowing what's actually happening in their brain and you know you've heard set and setting but it's it's entirely the case that you you have to recognize what's about to happen to you you have to know you know i mean a part of you has to be, you just have to be willing to surrender that's that's the main thing you have to be willing to let go you have to be willing to face what is shown to you because i mean in a, in a long roundabout way if you'll follow me what's happening is if you want to use mushrooms like we're literally healing ourselves like mushrooms go into a body and more often than not, and speaking solely from what I've read about clinical trials and situations like that, a person is more apt to feel loving, calm, thoughtful, observant. It, it destroys cigarette addiction. It destroys alcoholism. It helps with PTSD tremendously. Like, they're literally healing things that simply exist. And the more that that happens, the more people hear about it, the more books are written, the more articles are written. We've just seen in Washington, D.C. they're being decriminalized. Oregon is allowing people private therapeutic use of mushrooms. The same thing's happening in California and New Jersey. Like, it's 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 a really wide range of things that's happening. But what's happening is literally it's it's a it's a tremendous large scale healing, you know that that's that's what it is and it's not it's funny to see people say like like whether it's think of just like a typical media station just covering mushrooms it's like people are saying that mushrooms might be uh helpful to anxiety and depression and it's like well yeah <laughs> like the only reason they're not is because we have so much weight on how bad they are and how you can go crazy and that's you know because of the war on drugs and because of what happened in the 60s and the 70s is people like Timothy Leary, you know, they were so heavily like everybody get high, which I don't believe is the yeah. way to go. Because, again, you're missing. There's too much propensity to miss the point there. And so it was shut down. They're considered to be the most addictive non-healing drugs of all time, which is obviously ludicrous. <laughs> and like, that's why so many people are hesitant. That's why so many people have bad trips is because that's the only thing we've heard for the past 50 60 years is how you'll go crazy how this will happen if you do that you know like it worked the propaganda worked really really well and i'm thankful to be alive in a time where it seems like that's definitely changing more and more documentaries are being made like i'm a part of a organization here in michigan who we just passed the decriminalization of uh, entheogenic plants in ann arbor which means you know you're not going to be penalized if you're found with them um and it's these sorts of things like people are waking up people are starting to see man and yeah i, I just think it's beautiful i think it's beautiful yeah no i think i it, it's it's things like this are it's so important for me personally to see things like this that where where you know it's not about right or wrong it's just let's let let's actually look at these things and see what they are actually doing, and then, and then, if it turns out like it seems with with uh, psychedelic mushrooms, that they are healing. They are. Yeah. They are. You know, again, set and setting, and there are there are factors, and it, 
it's not like people should just be tossing them back casually, <laughs> but I am such a, you know, I think climate change has been one of the, the subjects that I've been just following and reading about for 20 years now, and it's very disheartening, and it's very discouraging in terms of, like, the, the direction that humanity is going, and I, it, I find a great deal of difficulty having hope. I, I just don't see a lot of arrows pointing in the right direction. And so I, I, it's one of, I think, my biggest flaws as a human is I have a great deal of difficulty summoning hope. Mm. So I love when there are things like this where, where you're like, oh, how lovely to see, especially now, you know, the, the Trump thing was was maybe the most disheartening thing I've ever witnessed in terms of just purely an American experience. Mm-hmm. I the fact that after four years of Trump, that seventy million people were like, yeah, yeah, more of this. Like that <laughs> that broke my heart. I still I haven't been able to fully wrap my head around it. Although I will say, just and this is a shout out to. The social dilemma i don't know if you saw that on netflix no i do not uh, but it's it's i cannot recommend highly enough checking it out it's and oh. then after i was so enthralled by it because it gave me an explanation for what for what happened mm. in, in, in a real way it gave me something that i can understand to grip and then i've been following so tristan harris is the is the gentleman behind kind of the main force behind that documentary yeah He's on a, a bunch of podcasts. He has his own podcast, and I've been, and it's just talking about what we talked about earlier with phones. It talks about the algorithms that are turning us quite literally insane, and and how it works, why it works that way, and what the day. It's 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 been unbelievably eye opening, mm. uh, and has helped me understand the the truth. And and I use the word madness because I think it's appropriate it, that there's a madness that it's that we have been spreading by mistake. That's the big thing they talk about. These algorithms, we didn't realize that they would do what they're doing. Mm. Uh, but that it's just by, it's a pure design. It's artificial intelligence learning that we react most uh, effectively and passionately to controversial subjects, to things that mm. make us angry. And so it feeds us more of what makes us angry. And then it's just as simple as that. We just didn't know humans reacted the most. Because <laughs> all it is is attention. They want our attention. So it's, it's I could talk about it for ages, but I, I just wouldn't, I, I cannot recommend enough. That's that really interesting. As an entryway. And then, and then yeah, I, there's a whole rabbit hole to go down after that. I'll definitely pay attention to that, man. I'm, I mean, it sounds like, I think fear is so much to do with a lot of it. Like, I think that has so much to do with why people react aggressively. It's just a fear of whatever it is they're fearing. But, like, when we see controversial situations or dark stories, you know, it it really is interesting why that is what we are drawn to or what so many people are drawn to. Like... Why is it that we that's what we talk about? Why do we focus on, you know, the darkness so much? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And it, it, it's a, 
fascinating question, and it's and it's interesting that the way we seem to be discovering it is like how true that is uh, is through artificial intelligence that just <laughs> all it's designed is to give us more of what we react to That's yeah just, it's, not, it's not making judgment calls it's not it's just like what makes you have a big reaction and our and that's what wow we seemingly all react to i haven't thought about it in that way yeah it's mm. really i mean it's really i, I just can't you know I, I mean it feels to me just as profound as all of this information coming out about uh, psychedelics. Like it feels, because it's a drug that the world is addicted to, and it's, we have no evolutionary uh, defense mechanism for it. You know, we've never had anything like this, this thing that's in our pocket that is constantly feeding us anything and everything. It's designed, you know, even just the colors, Colors on our smartphones are the most saturated and bright colors of anything on Earth. There's nothing else like that. <laughs> so just that alone causes you to want to look at. Have it. you ever I put your? A, sorry, go ahead. Have you ever put your phone in grayscale before? <laughs> That's what I was just gonna say. <laughs> I have, and sh- shamefully, I haven't done it in a while. Uh, <laughs> So I, maybe after this conversation, then I'll <laughs> go back to it. It was surprising how effective it was. Because Amazing. Because you look at like, Instagram, and it's like, oh, this is more boring. Or a dating app. Even at like, dating apps, when they're in black and white, you're like, what? Ah, all right, this isn't that interesting. So it's... Yeah, yeah it's, it's I, like I, calmer. I back to it. Yeah, absolutely. It's not asking as much of you, sensory-wise. It's like, all right, you got a handful of colors here. Good to go. <laughs> it's not like... Look at me, look at me. Yeah, and that's the thing. is like, you know, as, as we talked about before, like we are a bizarre combination of simple and complex. And, you know, something as simple as bright colors. I mean, you know, that's part of my job. is I use color in my job to help direct the eye. And <laughs> so, like, I know that that's a thing because I am not an artificial intelligence. I'm a pretty... You know, I'm a simple-minded human, and but even I can use color to direct your emotions and, and <laughs> attention. Um, yeah, it's 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 it's, it's, it's really it's really fascinating. If you take away like good or bad, and you just watch what it is, I mean, this is a thing that is so new. It's like a decade old, and now it dominates. I mean, almost everything about our culture. I'm not just our culture; the world culture is uh-huh. now predominantly being driven by social media and phone apps it's fascinating and terrifying but, <laughs> but, but fascinating predominantly yeah well do you want to talk about your job at all <laughs> <laughs> I mean it's, it's up to you I'm, I'm, I'm happy to go in whatever, whatever direction <laughs> actually I mean, I'd love to um, hear about your trip if you if you have anything you'd like to share about it. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I well, so I went so I went camping uh, to Anza Borrego, which is the biggest national park in uh, in California. Wow. But it's not hugely popular because it's just hundreds of miles of 
open desert. Like there's, <laughs> it's just huge empty space. Uh, but there are, you know, there are tons of great trails. There's great camping. There are, and there's also spread throughout the desert. There are these huge metal sculptures that are mm. just everywhere randomly, and it's they're uh, animals to scale, like elephants, wow, uh, horses. There's a huge dragon, but they're all like an elephant is the size of an elephant, so they're huge. Mm-hmm. And in the middle of the desert, so you're just like, <laughs> cruising through flat desert, and then all of a sudden you're like, wait, what's that? Is that an elephant? <laughs> it's a big rusted metal elephant, and then there are some baby elephants. A wonderful thing, but I went. I slept in a couple different places. But the big discovery for me was 15 years ago. I went with a group to Anza Borrego to the spot that they knew. That was it. It it shifted my perspective. My whole perception of desert changed on this camping trip because it's one. It was like you were on Mars. If I didn't realize that our planet had areas that looked like (laughs) and it's like huge cliffs and rock faces and then there's something called the solidified sea that's out there that's Mm. so difficult to explain it's like um it's like sand dunes that are made of cracked desert and just that go to the horizon so these big like moguls from skiing that are oversized and I mean it looks like you're in Star Wars Wow! and I had not been able to find it since that trip I, I'd gone out to Anza Borrego and driven around but I just couldn't because it's huge mm-hmm. and so I camped in other spots but this trip I finally found it after 15 years and I just you know, just me. I went by myself. Mm. There's not another human being. For, you, have, you get out to the spot with four-wheel drive. Like, it's, you know, it's properly out there. And you are by yourself, no humans, for miles. You're just nothing. And I put on some Christmas music, <laughs> uh, had a little fo- fire going, and I was in sleeping in this canyon. With on either side of me these one hundred foot walls of rock, wow. and this Christmas music is just bouncing off the walls. And I just imagine if anybody was anywhere, <laughs> you know, within a two mile radius, to just hear Christmas music <laughs> pouring out of this crevice in the earth. Like it was just, oh, it was so wonderful. And I've been having, uh, I like I'm in a walking boot right now. I have a foot injury. And mm. it was, and it's been driving me insane because I'm a very physical person. I like to move my body. I have, you know, ADHD, and so it's hard for me to sit still. Mm. And it was so helpful to just be out there and let let the world kind of be profound around me, since I'm a little limited in my mobility right now. Mm-hmm. To just sit and like watch the fire reflecting off the rock walls and music pouring out and then quieting that and the, you know like you said the milky way is above me and the stars are incredible that whole area is a dark skies community so it's just stunning stars it's perspective you know ultimately i think that's what nature does better than anything else is it gives us perspective and i'm reminded of how not just small i am but insignificant it's, it doesn't you know none of it matters 
we're, we're small and I need that. I need, <laughs> especially in times of strife and when the world feels so complicated. A trip like that, man, it's it just, oof. Talking about it now makes me want to get back in the car and drive back out there. <laughs> That's gorgeous, man. Yeah, it, it really, I was just going through some of my pictures. I, t- I took my camera out there. Mm. I, I was going through some of the pictures and I just am like, oh my God, like, it's just, I feel like I could do a light study out there. <laughs> different times of day, how how different everything looks and light and shadow and just nothing, no no cement anywhere. You know, it's just dirt and yeah, it's dirt and stars. That's all. Well, the, into that. Give me, the dirt and stars were just as happy to see you as you were to see them, so... I suspect you might be right. They, they seemed to, uh, they, they were greeting me with... They're like, hey, sure. good to see you. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, 15 years for them is, uh, is a blink of an eye. So. I'm really pleased that we've both gone on solo journeys and are now talking yeah. at this moment. Yeah, I think I think it's, uh, I, I understand that that's difficult for a lot of people that like being by yourself is uh, can be very challenging but I, I really I, I really believe in the power of that, that that there's something really important about spending some time in solitude mm-hmm. I, I, I think that it's it's and you know even if what you discover is oh I hate this my mind like, it's <laughs> You know, I think that's good to know. Good to see what what you can and can't do. Yeah, it shows you where you're I, I, where you aren't. I think like if you're if you're feeling weird alone, why is that? You know, what is it that you need yeah. to to love more about yourself in order to feel okay? Yeah, yeah, and you know, for creativity, uh, I've heard a couple. I remember the first person who I heard say this was Aaron Sorkin. Mm-hmm. Since I've heard some some other specifically writers talking about it, how because of phones, the, the time of of boredom and imagination is is being threatened. You know, because people don't very often like the ideas come from quiet and, mm. and you know reflection and boredom, like times that you. I, I hate using that word, but, but I hear you. That's yeah, sort of the intent is. is and, and we just now, there's constant distraction. There's an endless sea of distraction. Mm-hmm. And I, it, it is a little scary. when I think about that for myself. I used to write like crazy. I have a master's in writing. Like I wrote nonstop for years. Mm. And I have basically stopped. I keep telling myself I'm going to go back, but I do it so rarely. Wow. And it really freaks me out. I'm really trying to rebuild my relationship with my own creativity, and the biggest obstacle by far is my phone. Wow. I guess when you when you get the urge to go to your phone, just start saying, I'm going to write now instead. Even if all you write is, hey, I'm here, I'm not on my phone. <laughs> you know. Totally, yeah. At least it's a different medium. Yeah. I like to on my phone. I like to have my own the the wallpaper or the background, whatever you call it. Uh-huh. I like to always have it be a picture that I took. 
So it's, mm. you know, I have some of the Milky Way, some of the ocean, yeah. like, whatever it is. Uh, but I should just put, my background should just be like, do you need to be looking at your phone? <laughs> like, I just should have, like, have something that mm-hmm. scolds me, basically. Yeah, um, for, for a long time I had a photo and it was a little clock and all of the all of the parts of the clock just said now and you get to the point where when you when you look at it it's like huh because that's all that matters you know that's the, that is the only thing that really exists is this exact moment right here right now and a lot of times the phone is a, an escape from that it's looking to the future or looking what people have done in recent time to the past. And you feel yourself in a sort of like docile, non-present moment, you know? And it's like, well, what, why can't I just be here right now? Huh. Yeah, I like, I really like that image, that clock with the now. Yeah, being, I struggle with being present and I'm working on it. Uh, That's the key, I, man. I don't linger in the past, which is good. Yeah. I'm, I'm a future person. I'm mm-hmm. always like, rough so I'm, I'm really trying because it definitely and and again nature is one of the the, the tools i use that mm. seems to help me um i love i love being i actually find funny extreme nature seems to do the best for me mm. other than extreme heat but like storms there's a polish Ooh. word called zivio uh, where that is like it's it's about the, like the electricity of a storm, the Ooh. power of like a storm, and I love Zivio. I love the energy of a storm, mm-hmm. and it, one of the main reasons is it makes me extremely present. Everything else falls away, yeah, and I just feel the energy of where I am and the world around me, and and you know I can feel that hairs on on my. Mm-hmm. On my body standing up, like I, that stuff is is great. If I could tap into it at all times, I would be oh my oh my word. Then I'd be enlightened. Then I'd be there. Well, you, the the good news is you can. You just got to do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's it. You just got to do it. <laughs> down, but I'm trying. I'm trying. Yeah, you're you're a, a, a you're shockingly plugged into all this stuff for a 21 year old. I mean, for any age. Man, oh yeah, man. I mean, the so far ahead of the game. The lessons I've learned is that the age is not really important. I I happen to be Keaton and I happen to be 21, but again, I uh I know that I'm much older than that and I know that I'm much more than just, you know, this little 21-year-old doing his thing. And I still I still do my thing, you know. <laughs> I still have my fun yeah. with my relationships and all that, but yeah, there's just a, there's a much deeper voice that's always going on inside of me with a variety of meditative phrases, even right now as we're speaking, and that's the voice that I recognize to be uh, to be me. So that's usually what I what I stick with, and and you you start to find out that the more you listen to that voice, the more that other people start to listen to that voice, and the more open you are, the more open others start to become, and it's just great, man. This life's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's true. I mean, and it's, you know, I think a lot about reprioritizing. I've been so career focused for so long, and I, mm-hmm. and I continue to be, but in the last few years, I've be- become so conscious of how nothing matters when compared to health and time. 
Mm. Like there's no there's no resource more precious than time because you just it, it's mm. you only get what you get. And then health, you know, health is just. I used to have a chronic back pain. I had really bad mm. uh, back pain, and it was di- it felt like I experienced the world through frosted glass. Wow! I just couldn't. It was just so difficult. I was like, you know, taking painkillers, and it was even carrying a conversation was difficult because it was almost like there was this dull ringing wow, in my head. And, and so, I, and now, thankfully that's gone and it's been gone for like five years and I, I had it for 20 years so holy shit I, I feel like I got this new lease on life that it, it, I'm just so thank. I forget to be thankful for it because <laughs> when the pain when you're unhealthy mm-hmm. with whatever the flu the knee, whatever it is it's hard to think about other things and so when you're healthy it's hard to remember to appreciate that you're healthy yeah take it for granted so I, I try to do that a lot man i i'll stop and i'll say like thank you heart for just beating without me asking you to without me making you and the same thing happens yeah. with breathing when you realize that when all you do is breathe you can really get into looking at it and that's when you start to breathe more deeply and your mind starts to slow down but all the time you're breathing and you're not thinking about it for even a second and that's amazing that that's incredible and just seeing i just get thankful that i can see that i can hear that i can taste and touch and all of that like there's there's never a shortage of things to be grateful for ever it's yeah no it's it's true it's true if if you're a healthy person i feel like we should all be waking up with tears in our eyes tears of joy and appreciation every day it's hard you know it's hard we take so much for granted in our lives it's, it's again it's one of those things that that takes practice yep. to like gra- gratitude gratitude i'm so fascinated by the power of gratitude and and i i'm you know that's another thing that seems to fit with all the subjects that we're <laughs> talking about is, is how important gratitude is just mm. to, to know like you're healthy or or you know for my career i was broke forever and, and then i had a couple of years where where work was good and i was like oh my god i'm i'm i have this career that i wanted since i was 12 years old mm. like it's it's now who the hell knows how long that lasts <laughs> like it's, you never know but to appreciate to appreciate these these things is it's important, I think. It feels that way, at least. <laughs> it's all groovy, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly it's all right. groovy. Since you were twelve, huh? Uh, yeah, I mean, I truthfully, I, I, it may have even been before that. I, uh, I just, I was, I, I feel very. One of the things I'm very grateful for is I always. I wanted to be involved in making movies from as young as I can remember. Mm. I just, I didn't, you know, at some point I wanted to act at some point I you know, I didn't know what any of it was, but I just always was pointed toward filmmaking. Mm-hmm. And I feel so lucky because even when I was broke, it didn't matter that much because I was pursuing the one thing mm-hmm. that I just always knew I wanted to pursue. And I, 
I didn't, it took me, it wasn't until like my mid or maybe even late twenties that I realized how rare that is. <laughs> a lot of my friends back East just never, you know, they never really knew what they wanted to do. So they're kind of like, well, like, I don't know, this job seems okay. Or that <laughs> seems okay. Like they just kind of fell into things. Mm-hmm. But I always, I felt like I always had a compass and it always pointed me in a direction. And I, I just think that, that, that's such a fortunate thing. I don't know exactly how or why it happened, but it was enough. I have enough love for it that the other concerns of stability and finances and all that fell, fell happily aside. You know, like it wasn't, it never felt like sacrificing. Mm. It was just like, Oh, I'm, I'm making my way towards this thing. And you know, now that I'm getting older, I am trying to figure out, like, because it is, it's a hard industry in terms of it, what its demands are. Yeah, I've been shooting TV for a few years, and mm-hmm. the hours are very intense, and you're not getting enough sleep. You're not, you, you, your relationships outside of work uh, suffer greatly. You know, friendships, romantic relationships, family relationships, like, it's... How so, man? It's a, What's that? How so? With the relationships? Well, yeah. I mean, well, so if you think about, so a typical uh, work week for me on a TV show is I'll wake up at 4.45, 5 o'clock in the morning. I get up. Uh, I, I, you know, I shower. I make my coffee and I drive to set. I, I you know, and then I spend 12 to 14 hours on set. And then I drive home and I have to race to bed because there's nothing else to do. And all day I've been interacting, for my position at least, I'm interacting with people constantly. There are mm-hmm. people asking me questions. I'm t- ask, requesting things. And so by the time I get home, I'm wiped out, totally wiped out. And I have to get right to bed. So, you know, I'm home and it's like nine at night. And I need to be asleep as soon as possible so that I get enough sleep for the next day. And mm-hmm. that's five days a week, sometimes six. And then on the weekends, it just becomes sleep and laundry. And I try, <laughs> I try to go to a brunch. That's like my <laughs> thing. It's like try with if, if I'm seeing somebody romantically or friends or whatever, it's just try to do something that it feels like you're living your life. Uh-huh. Uh, but, you know, it goes on like that for anywhere from one to six months. Wow, and man. that's pretty brutal. Like, <laughs> you just, you know, if, if you think of yourself as a battery, mm-hmm. you only have so much. And you need to, like, for me, I've become very strict about when I'm on set, when I'm shooting a show my diet is very strict yeah. because I just realized like, you know, I, I, especially as I get older, like I have to be careful about sugar and uh-huh. carbs. And so I, I have like all these rules when I'm shooting <laughs> uh, and it's just to maintain. It's not even, it's not like it makes me healthy. It's just to maintain because it's such a demanding job. And I do often wonder, like I had, in 2017, I shot three different shows and like just back to back to back. And by the end of the year, I was a, just a shell of myself. I was exhausted. 
Wow. And it took me, I can't remember now, but it was something like nine weeks, ten weeks before I was like, oh, I was just tired. But I actually, like, I was worried that I had burnt myself out and couldn't do my job anymore. Mm. I And it freaked me out because I was so early in my career. Mm-hmm. And I do think a lot about that. Going forward, how do I maintain, how, how can I still be, how can I, do what I love doing, but have a life, you know, like I would love to have a dog, but I can't because <laughs> I'm gone for 80 hours a week when I work mm-hmm. or, or at least 60, 60 to 80 a week. And like, I, you know, I, I love, I'm so fortunate to do what I do and I love doing what I do. I love creating and, you know, you build scenes and lighting. I love all, I love all that, but quality of life has started to become this nagging question in the back of my mind. And so I'm always really curious to talk to people who have been in the industry longer than I have Mm -hmm. to see, like, how did you maintain this? How did you, you know, you see a lot of broken marriages and broken relationships with children. And I, I want to, I'm determined to find a way to do what I love still love my life mm-hmm. I, I don't know exactly what that looks like but I've been I've been coming up with all kinds of theories <laughs> we'll see just keep loving yourself man yeah yeah that's that's uh, I'm trying I'm trying <laughs> yeah yeah let me ask you is your I'm curious how this like your your podcast all yeah. came about and because it seems to be is, is it all people in the entertainment industry that you're talking to? Yeah, so um, I'm in my fourth year of film school right now. And I, oh, cool. I started it back my freshman year. And the the general feeling was kind of to talk to musicians and filmmakers. Um, so I did that for a while. And then on and off again, some like philosophy professors that I came across in my academia. And then I'd say the past two years, really, I've gotten a really comfortable in with a lot of publicists and a lot of uh, composers and that sort of thing. So at this point, it's it's really, I've, I've fairly easily been able to chat with a lot of production designers, editors, composers, cinematographers, that those sorts of roles. Um, and I myself... I'm looking to work in production design. That's what's called me more than anything else. I just did my first film uh, back in August, actually. It was small, like $12,000, but it was my first like full production design gig. Did the whole bit, ordered everything, was on set, uh, that sort of vibe. And it was just like... amazing. Congratulations. Thanks, man. It, it was electric. I'm also doing the score for it, so that's cool. Um, oh, that's super cool. But it, it was, it was yeah. just... When I was on set, I was just like, yeah, like, this is just what I wanted. Like, there's no, from all the people I've talked to, like, it's just the job that I want to do the most. Like, I, I was just so in love with, like, I have to move this little thing in the background over here. Or, like, there was a, a lot of fire, and I had to maintain the fire. And, like, it's just so fun. So, the podcast is really, at once, an awesome avenue for people to like talk about their experience and because a lot of the people I talk to don't really get interviewed about their work a lot of editors don't Mm -hmm. or composers which you know I think is a shame and so 
a lot of it's just giving a platform for people who don't really get to talk about their work to talk about it. And then while that's happening, I just get to learn and I get to meet people. You know what I mean? Like I've, I've met so many people, thankfully on here who've been like, yeah, when you head out to LA or whatever, hit me up and we can, we can get together or do this or do that. So it's, it's really been a, a, a beautiful learning experience and just, uh, a good comfortable place for these sorts of conversations to exist for those in the industry that don't necessarily get to get to tell their side of the story or get to show what goes yeah. on. Yeah. Makeup artists, well, you know, costume design great. and anybody, I usually just find an, a project that I enjoy like pen 15, for example, like I've got an interview with you. I just talked to one of the production designers and I think I have an interview with the art director, the makeup artist and the costume designer. So it's like, Oh, that's awesome. That's always awesome. like that's like the best feeling when I get like multiple people from one project because it's like sweet. Now I can really get an understanding, especially when it's Pen15, which is a show that I like really really admire myself in so many different ways. So yeah, it's just a blast, yeah. man. I'm really just having fun meeting people. Like our conversation has been so beautiful and like I feel like I like like now I know you, you know? And that's what's so great is right. now we I get to meet people and now I my name's I know their name, they know my name, and like um, John, what's his name? There, there was a production designer for for Queen and Slim, and like, I told him about my production design coming up, and he told me to like send him the project when it's done, that kind of thing, you know. So it's just really awesome relationships that I've been able to build. So that's, that's the vibe. Good for you, I mean, yeah, because uh, you know, it's also it's it's like passion leading you. And then almost always that leads to, you know, meeting like-minded folks, which yeah. is such a big part. You know, this, this industry is so bizarre, but <laughs> connections are really what it runs on. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's a really smart way of going about it, <laughs> you know. You're, you're, and, and, you know, being led by curiosity. To, to, I, I'm such a believer in, in curiosity, just as a human, but definitely mm-hmm. as an artist curiosity is is maybe the most important trait you can have mm. but that's yeah that's killer that's uh, good for you man really truly I've been thinking so much during this downtime what I can or should be doing to mm. to help you know get myself out there a bit more and connect with more people expand my network expand mm-hmm. my cr- creative partnerships and uh, and I, I haven't come up with a lot of answers. But it's something <laughs> Start that, a like, podcast. <laughs> yeah, I've thought about it. I, I've thought about like podcasts and you know YouTube channels or whatever. Just because it's the same thing. Like I love. I mean, we didn't do much here, but I love talking about <laughs> filmmaking and I love talking about art and you know and ego and I. These things fascinate me, and I, yeah. when you're able to connect with other people, you never know who's gonna say some kind of phrase that you'll latch on to, and that will end up shaping your life. I, I, I love that stuff. It's, I think it's a wonderful, wonderful perk of human connection. For sure. Yeah, I, I really learn so much every single conversation I have. Like, it's, it's so beautiful. It, I never get caught up in 
like a lot of interviews sometimes can be like, hey, how's the show you're working on? You know, what what'd you do in the show? What about this episode? That kind of thing. And I feel like I've tried to do that at first, a little bit out of fear. And then like this, like we haven't talked about the project that I asked you about at all. <laughs> and like, I'm totally cool with that because you just come to find out that's not, you know, that's not always the point. It's just obviously you and I were ready to sit down and have a nice conversation with each other, even though we've never once met or... <laughs> spoken yeah. before yeah i mean yeah going back to the the, the curse of technology this is the, the magic of it right? yeah the right magic of our phones this is it's it's a wonderful and especially you know during this pandemic for for i mean it brings negative things as well of course but there are pretty powerful positives absolutely connecting man. through technology at a time where we can't connect the way we traditionally have so it's mm. Well, I think this is a uh, good on material, man. And I'm sure we'll have another episode in the future when we can, you know. Yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to come back in, in any capacity. And please tell. It sounds like you'll have Grace, Allie, and Melissa on. And I, I they're they're wonderful. The, the look of Pen Fifteen is so heavily reliant on the production design, mm-hmm. the art direction, and the costumes. I mean, I mean, every show is. Yeah, I talked to Grace. I talked to Grace a couple weeks ago. Yeah, she was just an absolute delight. I had so much fun talking with her. So. Yeah, yeah, it, it's a great. I mean, that, the, the team on that show is really wonderful. They really, they, they all had a good eye for yeah. talented people. And so it's, yeah, the, the, that, show, that show is a good illustration of. Of, uh, there you go that's like going back to what we originally talked about it's the team the mm-hmm. team came mm-hmm. together and really made something uh, special I'm very proud of that show absolutely man I, I really hope our paths cross uh, when the world opens up and maybe someday I'd be, I'd be really <laughs> I'm really interested to think of like potentially working with people that I've interviewed now like if I feel oh, like yeah, like there's just going to be a day where like I'll come across you and I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> there he is! Like, what's yeah. up, man? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I will say, uh, the more, the longer that I'm here in in Los Angeles and in this industry, uh-huh. uh, the smaller the smaller the world gets. Mm. You do end up crossing paths, and you're like, oh man, we worked on that. Like, there are so many times where I've run into, you know, let's say a prop master. Yeah. And you're like, why do I know you? <laughs> and then it takes a while, and they're like, oh, we shot that thing for Funny or Die. <laughs> it's really, it, it's cool. It's, it's, I love how the community shrinks the further mm. that you're in it. It's very encouraging. Mm. Well, thanks for your time, man. You, you got a really beautiful yeah. soul, and you sound good. You sound really good and you sound like you're on a a really good healing path in all the facets of what you got going on so i appreciate this time with you yeah and i I appreciate uh i've been listening to some of the some of the podcasts and i appreciate uh i appreciate your your curiosity and willing (laughs) to go wherever the conversation takes you it's cool it's very cool thanks man i'm not sure when i'll be publishing this um probably a couple weeks i've got i've got a handful of interviews i'm sitting on and i might wait and do like a pin fit i I like to do like batches where it's all the same show kind of so i might wait a little bit for that once i talk to the other people but it's been a, a real pleasure man